Welcome to Apple at Work, a podcast at the intersection of Apple, technology, education, and everything in between. My name is Bradley Chambers, and I'm your host, as always. This week, I have Justin Singh uh, from McGraw-Hill, first time on the show, um, and we're excited for Justin to be here. Uh, Justin, uh, welcome to the show. If you can, uh, give our listeners a little background on what you do at McGraw-Hill, your title, and, and what we plan to talk about today. Hi, Bradley. Thrilled to be on your show today. Thank you for the invitation. Um, my name is Justin Singh. I'm the Chief Transformation and Strategy Officer at McGraw-Hill. At McGraw-Hill, we serve and work with uh, districts, higher education institutions, students, and uh, what we call our professional segment all across the world. We're in uh, virtually every K-12 district, um, every college, and in over 133 countries. And in my role, uh, Bradley, I oversee uh, our transformation to ensure that we are positioning um, our company to respond to the needs of educators, students, and institutions now until the next five, 10 years. Um, also oversee corporate strategy and uh, a new new product that we're, I'm sure we'll talk about today. Yeah, you know, McGraw-Hill is one of those companies that if you've ever worked in education, um, you probably have done business with them, even if you didn't know you haven't. Uh, there's obviously just massive uh, product portfolio and it extends, you know, to to just all aspects of education. So it's a great company, makes a lot of great products um, as well. And, you know, one of the things uh, in, in prior roles that I um, – Obviously, was like was a customer, and one of the one of the greatest moments for me is when you all launched Clever Integration, and I was like, oh, finally, ah, that yes. just it, yeah, the Clever that. Integration was a game changer because um, yeah, obviously, you, you know, I was talking on a previous podcast and talking about moving data over CSV files, and I think any IT professional has done that, and whether it be you know student data, uh, just log data, just moving data over CSV files is has been a way of life and uh, it's not fun, but it, it is what it is. And uh, when, when the clever integration came up, it's like, all right, I can no longer have to worry about uh, moving this data around, creating it manually. Uh, it just sort of sinks over. It's great. Um, Bradley, but- it's, such a, it's such a great point. I mean, um, with technology in the classroom, that comes with additional pain points. And um, we as a McGraw-Hill ecosystem, among others, um, are working and need to work to help our students and our teachers make technology easy in the classrooms and in in daily lives of our students. And so I think it's actually really important that you call that out. Yeah, well, and and like you said, there, technology is sometimes um, – one step forward, one step back, two steps forward, one step back, and you have to learn it. And it doesn't always work. And then, you know, sometimes it's 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 like uh, building a neighborhood. You're going to do a new development. Well, you have to get the roads and the sewer, and, and that's painful. But once you get it there, it's there and it serves its purpose. And, and oftentimes um, – the the technology that maybe an IT professional deals with in the classroom is building the roads to so the teacher can execute um, their their lesson plan. Ultimately, it comes down to um, learning a relationship with students and helping them to understand not just the not just transfer of knowledge, but like why it's important and how to learn new things. I think um, one of the things I have been 
noticed as I've gotten older is everything, nothing I do today existed when I was in college. Um, heck, nothing I do with today existed almost 10 years ago. And the ability to continue to learn new things and to learn how to learn new things is critical. And I, and I think that's probably really one of the great things about the conversation we're planning to have today. First um, of October, you all uh, published a new app called uh, Sharpen, which is a new study app that McGraw-Hill has released that, again, is looking at the world today and looking how mm-hmm kids are today and then saying, okay, how do we help them learn better? So um, tell us all about Sharpen. Really excited uh, to share with you uh, Sharpen. Sharpen is a first of its kind mobile, mobile platform designed for social media connected students of today. It helps them broadly to stay engaged, focused on what matters and take control of their learning. We've been testing this out before and working with hundreds of students, also instructors as well, prior to launching Sharpen last week. And, you know, we heard so many things that they've been describing it. Some, you know, student described it as if it's almost like their textbook and TikTok combined. Some, another student combined that the, the motivation reminds them of Duolingo. Another student, I recall, reminded him that the analytics that comes back from it reminds them of Apple Fitness. And that, to me, Bradley, really resonated with me because just like Apple didn't create fitness when they made Apple Fitness, we at McGraw-Hill aren't inventing studying differently with Sharpen. But what we do, what we are doing with Sharpen is making sure there's an engaging, consumer-grade experience for our students to really interact with our treasure trove of content. And we do that by by having Sharpen, which essentially is as soon as you go in, it reminds you a lot of what you expect and maybe your fitness and wellness experiences, right? So I, I, I I like riding my bike. As soon as I use something like Under Armour, or, or a similar type of type of app. I get an onboarding flow. It's it's asking me who I am, what about me. I'm taking straight into an experience. And straight away in Sharpen, our students and learners, I should say, because any learner can benefit from Sharpen, are given essentially a learning playlist, but essentially they get straight into a video that's optimized for the mobile that's around four minutes long. They finish that, which tells them exactly what they need to know within four or five minutes. They will finish that experience. They'll then continue their sets and reps. They'll go into a visual chapter summary, which is what we call, which they can learn interactively on their mobile screen. They'll get another chapter summary that's keep pushing them along on their experience, and then they'll have a gamified mini quiz. And then at the end of that experience, just like uh, TikTok or Instagram Reels, They're able to continue on if they're in the zone, continue that experience and continue their sets and reps. Um, Or they can finish this experience all in these, you know, five to eight minute chunks, take a break and feel confident that they are ready to learn, ready to go to their classroom, ready to solidify what they've learned in their classroom and to do whatever to to do whatever they wish to achieve as part of their their goals. This episode of Apple at Work is sponsored by Mosul. Deploying, managing, and protecting Apple devices at work shouldn't be difficult or require several solutions. 
Mosul is the only Apple Unified platform for business. By combining enhanced device management, endpoint security, internet privacy and security, single sign-on, enhanced app management into a single Apple-only platform, businesses can now easily and automatically deploy, manage, and protect their Apple devices automatically with one solution at an affordable price. With a solution for businesses of every size and the best support in the market, start a free 30-day trial today and see firsthand why Mosul is more than an Apple NDM. Mosul is everything you need to work with Apple. To learn more, visit business.mosul.com. Again, that's business.mosul.com, M-O-S-Y-L-E.com. Thanks to Mosul for sponsoring Apple at Work this week. You know, I hear that explanation, and I think if someone um, was describing, say, podcast, maybe – Oh seven, oh eight. You know, you remember when I, Apple launched iTunes U and it was those podcast things. Yes, of um, I, I don't think schools ever uh, use podcasts to the full capabilities of what they could do. And not that like, and obviously the content was there, but it was like never an integral part of, uh, of the, uh, of the education experience. And I was talking to somebody about conferences coming back from COVID. And I said, you know, the, I, I want to spend less time at conferences sitting and listening and, and more time engaging and interacting and, and hearing kind of ad hoc conversations. And I said, you know, these keynotes that we go set to, I, I really just wish they could just be a podcast that I'd get, get like a week before the conference. So here's the conference podcast. Okay. Listen to these keynotes. I'll listen to them on the plane. I'll listen to them in the car. And then come. And I want the conference to be about networking, uh, maybe panel discussions and, and hearing people interact. But I, I kind of don't need this transfer of information at a conference. And, um, you know, and then for me, like, and again, I'm not, I'm not a TikTok person, but I think one of the things I've tried to pride myself as I've gotten a little bit older is to recognize when something is not for me, doesn't mean it's not right or not for somebody else. And so again, I don't want let, I'm not a um, TikTok person. I don't have a TikTok account and don't plan on it, but I do recognize like there, there is, it is a way that information is being shared uh, among younger people. And so you have to say, okay, if this is a new medium, just as podcasting was a new medium, if this is a new medium to share information, because they're really no, no different uh, lectures, podcasts, TikTok style videos in a study app, like none of this is changing the information. It's uh, the message doesn't change, but our methods change. And, and so it's, it's looking at uh, how does the world work today? And you can, you can like it or not like it. You can say you should be able to have the attention span of longer than four minutes. And they certainly do. But again, it's, it's, it's like, it's like micro, it's micro. I look at it as almost like micro learning. And it's just like, I tell people like, look, it's like I do with fitness. I say, look, you don't need three hours to get a workout in. If you have 10 minutes, you can get a mile in. Mile is a hundred percent better than one mile is hundred percent better than no miles. Obviously, five is great, but one is so much better than zero. And it's really the same thing with studying. Look, is it would it be great if you could sit down for an hour and and just work on this? That that, that is great. But also, four minutes is better than no minutes. And oftentimes, I think we often some of the studying we do is like long for the sake of being long. And if, if someone can be you know sitting down and having coffee and then you know watch you know have a, a short clip, key information, very succinct, and they internalize it and they can ponder it, well, that's better than nothing. And I think it recognizes the way the world is. It, it, you know, as part of Sharpen, it's it's really important that you know the quality of the content, the credibility of the content is exactly the same of any type of education resource that we put out put out in the market. In fact, the way that way that we went around creating that content was looking at our learning insights. You know, we could see millions of students that are under learning economics, for example, or accounting or biology or psychology every single year. And we can see where students are struggling, 
We can also see where our instructors are assigning particular what we call learning objectives. And so as part of, you know, the Sharpen experience, we've tailored that content to really focus on where instructors are focusing their time, where students are struggling a little bit more. So that, that, that point, that time that they're spending interacting and absorbing the content is as, as, as efficient as possible. And Bradley, something else resonated in what you said was, you know, the way students and, and, and maybe Bradley, if you don't mind, if I could talk a little bit about what we heard from students, because yeah. um, what we, we started listening to students pre-pandemic and what they were telling us was, you know, that they regularly, when they sit down to study, they, majority of them feel stressed, they feel overwhelmed Majority of students feel they don't have time, as you said, Bradley, to sit down for an hour or two. They're trying to juggle their home life, their newfound social life. They're trying to now juggle work commitments. And now they have to st- juggle studying as well and the pressures that come a- 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 along with that. And they started, and we heard that students were starting to look at different forms of content that. We all interact in our everyday lives, whether that's YouTube, TikTok, Snapchat, um, what have you. And we did a we did a research. We did we commissioned research with Morning Consult, and what our research really showed that students are looking for study aids that are just as convenient, just as engage, engaging as their social media. However, they want to go to. They need to. They want to go to a place that they can trust. In fact, when some of the, the results were somewhat eye-opening, you know, 75% of students said in the last two years during the pandemic, which completely accelerated this trend, they said that in the last two years, 75% of students have changed the way they study. 78% of students regularly go to social media to absorb learning content. You know, to me, 19% of students are spending six hours a week or more searching these platforms for learning content, even though on mass, almost, and these results show this, that on mass they know they can't trust, particularly trust what they're seeing. And, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. You know, there's something, there's nothing wrong with the way students are absorbing content. There's a certain brilliance of it. You know, we're all doing FaceTime. We all are on uh, different sorts of medium in the way that we, we absorb that content. But as students, uh, you know, as students, as they go for the, su- the supplemental resources, never had, never had the uh, place to go. And so that's when we think about Sharpen, we're really responding to that, responding to a place that finally, when they leave a classroom, and we heard this a lot from students, you know, the heart, that, that, that moment where they get back to their dorm room or they get back home and they, they've come, they've left the lecture and they sit down and they, the hardest part of studying is just starting. <laughs> and staring, opening different things and getting hooked into the content. And so now they have a place to go. Another another thing that we heard loud and clear from our students was typically before they go into a classroom or after the classroom, they've sit through either through an hour and a half of Zoom lectures, right? And even if you're a really studious student and, you know, I did accounting when I was in undergrad, 
there's a there's only so much of debits and credits I can take in an hour and a half. <laughs> and we hear from students that they're leaving the they're leaving the classroom. They're looking at their phone. If you ever go to a campus, everyone's looking down on on their phone. They they might be searching debits or credits or deferred revenue on their phone. And now now they have more options for them to interact and feel confident about what they've learned or what they're about to learn. And so, you know, we see this trend accelerating with um, with our students as they take more ownership of their studying and the outcomes that they have in their lives. Well, it, it, it I'm sure somebody said, like, how many hours of podcasts I listened to today? And I said, nah, I don't know, like three. I mean, if I'm in the car, I'm listening to a podcast as long as I'm alone. I mean, and I'm consuming knowledge and I'm learning. And we kind of ask, like, how many hours do I need to hear about something before I consider myself an expert? It's, it's more than more than zero. Um, and if a student can can break up these bite-sized chunks and say they're waiting to um, – again, waiting to get a coffee or waiting to go to, go to lunch and they're, they run through a 10 minute course, a four minute course, and, and they hear some information, they take a quick quiz and they internalize it and they ponder it. And maybe over the course of a day, they hear an hour of content. How is that any different than sitting through a one hour zoom lecture? And, and let's be real, the mental load of staring at a camera I mean, again, I'm sure you look, you, yes. I think you, if you work at home, like you've never been sad when a Zoom meeting got canceled. Like nobody, nobody's <laughs> ever, oh, I, that's what I wanted to do was sit in front of a camera. Nope, nobody. Let's be real. I love working from home. I love remote work. It's harder in some ways. Like there, it is not a total perfect world. Like we like being in with people. Mm. Um, like I would prefer to be on a date with my wife than be able to talk to her on FaceTime. Like we're, that's how we're wired as humans. Imagine and, when you're a student, Bradley, right? You, you go, you use the first year you've gone into your higher education experience. You want to meet students and we're going and, and we're seeing, and, and there's many benefits, Bradley. I'm not saying hybrid and is, is certainly not, it's certainly a really good thing for those, you know, access and for optionality. But, you know, to your point, Bradley, like we heard from, we hear all the time from students, and I think we are all being on those Zoom lectures where people are turning off their cameras, right? They might be looking at different phones and, and, and it comes, it's so many distractions for students over that hour and a half that it's really hard to, te- to take in. And we've heard from a lot of particularly students that where it's their first, they're the first generation to go to higher education, they feel at times that, hey, I'm not sure I can talk to my professor. There's a more of that intimidation for my professor, right? So, hey, I can't, I've never met this professor before or um, I can't, um, or I'm not sure I can ask a question on a Zoom lecture, right? And now that, of course, that's improving and of course will improve. Um, and I'm not sure, I'm, I don't, I'm not sure I will look I will look silly if I ask that question or I send a follow-up. And so that's a lot of why we're seeing students looking for these like looking for these supplemental and complementary type of information. And you know, to your point, Bradley, I think we do this in in any any other parts of our lives, you know, fitness, health and well-being. And this is just a very natural progression in studying as well. I, I agree. It, it's it's if you think about like equate it to how we work today. I think the I think the best work is um, minimal live talk, minimal minimal live meetings, and a lot of asynchronous work. Uh, let me if I need to consume data, let me consume it at my own pace at the time of the day I 
learn best. Like I may give me, give me a lecture at 5 a.m. instead of 5 p.m. And so, okay, <laughs> let's take how, again, you and I probably both work that way. We want to work asynchronously. I don't want to be staring at my camera all day. Uh, let me, let me learn in a way that I learn best. Okay. Then why do we like, why have for so long, we've not done that for students. And I think this is where Sharpen comes in. So, cause it's, it's saying, the value in education is is not just the transfer of knowledge has to happen. The value of teachers and professors is that relationship. And it is going deeper and having those deeper discussions. It's not just the lecture, the consuming of knowledge. And that's where this is very complementary to what the role of a prof- the best professors do is they can – some of this content can be done – Students can like kind of consume this content for that transfer knowledge outside of the classroom. And then when they come to the classroom, whether it's hybrid or if it's virtual, if it's in person, it can be about like kind of going deeper and asking questions and, and a good discussions because you've already done that transfer knowledge beforehand. And, and it's in a schedule that works for the student. The, the instructor is critical and we have never seen a time where that is ne- that has been really brought to life. As we, we navigated the pandemic, or the the billions of well over a billion of students in K twelve affected by the pandemic and school closures, um, how teachers adjusted really quickly and professors and instructors adjusted really quickly as well, and the need for instructors to, um, and the just the criticality of what they do every day across um, education. Um, you know, I we as we were building Sharpen. We spoke a lot with instructors and we've been getting a lot of feedback from instructors and it's been really heartwarming in and you know what they what they tell what they've been telling us is that they, they've been seeing students increasingly in, and Bradley, you've probably seen the the whether it's the Wall Street Journal or the Times, they're seeing students coming back increasingly disconnected and disengaged to class post post pandemic. And they're seeing that they know their students are going to these, uh, you know, other particular other areas, and they also know that let's put it this way that there's a real prevalence of what let's say answer sharing slash cheating cheating sites, and just the the damage that it's 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 causing for them and the pain points it's causing for them as they try to really teach and hone in particular learning points that they're trying to get across for for their students and you know we we all we all know if you one of the one of the things that we also heard from from instructors was it's really hard to unlearn something (laughs) and so often they 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 find that they might be talking about or doing follow-ups with students and they've learned something from from some place or from some of these are some of these other sites and they spend a lot of time trying to unlearn it <laughs> and then relearn it, relearn something again. And so what 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 we're set out to achieve with Sharpen is to enrich that classroom experience so instructors have a place where they can say, hey, this is a place where you can get that trusted content that's engaging for you, that can enrich the classroom experience that is not all about Cheating and answer sharing. Quite frankly, if I'm a, if I'm going to be blunt about it, Bradley, and um, and it's just been really heartwarming to you know we we obviously talk to instructors um, all throughout the development process, but to see that feedback come in over the last week, um, 
you know, has been, has been really great to hear. Yeah, I think that's uh, it's really fantastic. When you see screenshots of it, I'm gonna put the in, into the show notes here if you want to learn more about Sharpen. Um, again, it, it's it's about letting professors do what they do best and recognizing uh, where students are today uh, and helping them learn with the way the world works. I look at it as I don't really care about the six o'clock news as much as I want my five minute. Um, tell me in the morning podcast about what, what I need to care about. So it's taking something that used to take 30 minutes. Give me the, give me the important stuff in five minutes. And it, it's given me on, on my schedule, um, wherever I am. And I, I think it's just, I think it's just taking that model, moving back to students. Um, Justin, thanks for coming on the show uh, today. This has been great. Uh, love talking kind of about the future of education. And it's really, it's, it's, you know, we can look at where the, what where business is at today and we can really look at where education is going because that's, they're, they're, they're ultimately no different. Uh, I'm going to have a link to a YouTube video in the show notes as well. I uh, highly recommend you check it out. If you want to learn more about Sharpen. Uh, I'm really, really excited about to see how this platform evolves uh, and see how students take advantage of it. And I, I wish you all the, the best of luck in the future. Thank you, Bradley. <laughs>